Well, um, we can continue in our series on prayer. You know, this is something we all need to learn to do and probably do better and understand what prayer achieves and what prayer brings us to. You know, in fact, as a believer in Christ, there are three disciplines that Jesus calls us to. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, the verse starts off, it says, when you pray. In Matthew 6, 16, it says, when you fast. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, it says, when you give. There's three expectancies from us that we should be involved with. I'm going to talk about two of them today, prayer and fasting, because it's important that we understand that. Because in prayer and fasting, you know, some people understand prayer, but they don't understand the fasting and what that achieves. If we want to see change in our world, we want to see things transform, we can be willing to lift up our prayers unto God because God moves on our behalf as we speak, as we do according to His will. And, uh, you know, right now, our world, there's people praying all over this planet right now, believing for God to move because we've entered in some unusual days, um, unusual years, I should say, because uh, it has been going on. And I don't know if you're like me, I'm just sick and tired of this sort of thing. And I know, but I know the good news is that God's coming through. God's just allowing this time to sort people out, for people to come back to Him to, uh, in repentance and say, we need you, God. For too long, we've had it all too good and all too cruisy. And now God's gone, you have taken your eyes off your first love. And now is the time to come back to me. Now is the time to seek my face. Seek after me. And that's why Jesus says these things, when you pray, when you fast. You notice he never says if. There's an expectancy that you will. He doesn't say if, but when. In the Scriptures, we see Jesus praying all through the time before he ministered. You'll see him at early hours of the morning praying, and God would speak to him in that time. If you want to hear God in your world, you've got to spend time with God. You know, I hear so many people say to me, oh, I wish I heard God like you hear God. And I say, I only hear God because I spend time with God. You can do exactly the same. You can spend time with God and just listen to his voice. And people say, I've never heard God. And I said, you're probably too, too fidgety. You're not sitting around listening in that still small voice. We need to be prepared to hear from God. Jesus himself ministered out of that prayer time, in that prayer time. In fact, it says in John 5, 19, he says, uh, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the Father do. For whatever things he does, these also the Son does likewise. So Jesus was reliant on what the Father was doing for him to do the same. And I believe in those times of the prayer, times in the morning, he's with his dad and he's just praying and God, the Father is showing him everything his day was going to do. That's why he could walk out with confidence and boldness in his day. Lay hands on the sick, see him healed. You know, stretch out your hand. What do you want of me? You know, he had confidence and we too should have that confidence. If we're walking in the power of God, we should have that confidence to reach out and touch people and believe for their healing believe that God's going to change their circumstance or whatever the case may be. It's important we too spend time with God. It's easy to do, but some people find it so hard. You know why it's so hard? It's so easy to turn the TV on and watch TV, isn't it? We can find that. We don't even have to think. Just ding, it's done. But when we talk about prayers like, oh, 
a bit tired at the moment, I'll do that later or tomorrow morning. Because it's a spiritual thing. There's a spiritual battle going on because when we pray, when we lift our voices together, the atmosphere changes. And the devil is aware that the devil doesn't stick around where the presence of God is moving in power. I'm telling you, he doesn't like it. So he'll do everything he can possibly to keep you quiet and not engage the heavenly father because that's where the the throne room of power comes from. And I'm telling you, through this time, we've seen the attempt of the enemy to do it under the skies of health and other things. Can you remember the days just last year or whatever it was where we were told we're not allowed to sing in church? You know why? Because the devil doesn't want you to sing because he knows you release power when you praise together. That was nothing to do with a virus, I can tell you. And you can look at all the science on that if you don't believe me. It's because the devil was trying to get up on, one up on us. He's trying to shut down the church, shut down the voices, didn't allow it. He allowed everything else to happen, you know, like all the big uh, shops like Costco and all these other places could stay open. And I just love how one church says, well, if we're not allowed to meet, if we're not allowed to sing in church, we're going to Costco's to sing. (laughs) So they went into Costco's and they had a church service in Costco's because that was allowed. But that just shows you how crazy our times have been. And you can see, you've got to use wisdom. You can see what the enemy is doing. The enemy is cunning. The enemy is sneaky. The enemy is full of lies. And as Christians, we should not be fallen for that. We should be alert saying, God, show me. That's where prayer comes in. God will give you an understanding. God will give you a, a, a know of what's happening. But when we don't spend time in prayer, we don't know what's going on. We, we just become like the world then, but we're not called to be of this world. And we need to be open to the heavenly things and know what God is doing and how God is moving and let him expose the enemies to you. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather teach one man to pray than 10 men to preach. That's how important it is. When we pray, we shouldn't doubt either in our prayer. We need to come before the throne of God with confidence and boldness because his word tells us that. If you read his word, he tells you how you can approach him. Approach the throne room with boldness, confidence. God wants you to do that because he knows then you are believing in him. You're, you're touching the throne room of God. James, uh, so we shouldn't be doubting. James 1.6 says this, but let him ask in faith, doubt in nothing. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. So when we come, yeah, because I hear people saying, oh, I can't, I said, have you prayed about that? Oh, yeah, I prayed, but nothing happened. And it's like they're already defeated. It's like, that's the end of it. I said, no, no, you go back, you keep praying, believing, according to God's word, and it will happen. I'm telling you, it will happen. We said in our group the other day, uh, our connect group, you know, God answers, I said in three ways, but we're going to add the fourth one here. (laughs) Uh, Yes, no, not yet, because some of you are impatient. Some of you are very impatient. I want it now. We think God's like at the window of the drive-thru. You know, you're collecting your answers to prayer when you place your order. And uh, that's not how God works. And of course, I don't care. There's some things that God lets you make a choice on. It's not, he doesn't care what you're wearing and clothing and, and whatever, you know. But some people think everything's like, but God allows you to make decisions as well. You know, God answers the prayer of faith, it says in James 5.15. And the prayer of faith will cure the sick. 
It doesn't say just the prayers, it's the prayer of faith. You could, that means you've got to have a substance. You've got to have a belief that something is going to happen. You don't come to prayer. You know, I've seen this in prayer line, and, and we can fall into that trap like somebody comes forward for healing. We lay hands on them, and we, we pray, and then we kind of run away because we're scared if they don't get healed, how am I going to look? And, and, and rather than just saying, hey, do you feel anything different? Anything changed? Oh, no, well, let me just pray again. Let's just pray, pray. I remember one guy in a university, he was talking on a lecture on prayer, and he said to these Christian students in the university, he said, God answers prayer. You know, he'll answer your healing prayer. He'll answer all prayers. You just got to believe. You got to have faith. You got to trust God and all these things. And at the end of the service, a young, I think it was a young lady came forward and said, will you pray for me? I've got an injured leg, I think it was. I can't remember the story exactly now. But, and he went, well, uh, yeah, I guess. I've just preached about it all, but I guess I've got to do something now. He felt impelled. I've got to do it. I can't just say it and then not do it. So they prayed for a leg and uh, stopped and said, oh, you know, how, how's things going? No change. He said he felt defeated. I felt like, oh, okay, well, have a nice day and um, move on. But no, he, he felt, I've got to, I've got to, I've just said that God can heal. I just said God can do these things. I need to keep praying. So he prayed again. He said he must have prayed about 50 times before suddenly she goes, oh, I feel something. I feel something's changed. Something's moved. And her leg was healed. We saw it years ago here and about the second row. There was a couple praying, invited people to put up their hands if they need healing. And uh, there was a guy that came in, uh, someone I knew from the past. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And uh, he had, I think he had done something to his kneecap or injured his leg. And uh, he was on crutches when he came in. Guys got around there. It was the prayer of faith. They believed, they said they actually heard a crack as they were praying and everything was put back into place. And he walked out without crutches. God can do these things, but we've got to have an expectancy. We can't come to prayer and go, oh God, if you can. You... Well, we know he can. Let's not, let's not go in doubt. That's what James says. Don't doubt. Have faith, but let him ask in faith, doubt in nothing. And the prayer of faith will cure the sick. It doesn't say that the prayer of the faith might possibly, <laughs> but it says will. There's a strong word there, will. Okay, so will. So when you pray for people, you're already believing that they are already healed. So that's the position you hold when you're praying for, I'm believing for that. God is the healer. We're asked to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Now, how that time frame works, I've seen people instantly. I've seen people weeks later. I've seen, you know, years later. <laughs> I don't know. God uses it all for his own glory, for his own timing, for those reasons. And we don't know about those things. But I remember one lady, uh, a guy called Pastor Theo Womerans, he had a healing ministry and he was sharing a story of his mother-in-law had terminal cancer. And... Um, she was in hospital, like with weeks to live, and people would just come in and visit her and just say, "You poor dear, you know." So oh, I'll just pray for you. But they, there was no prayer; it was like a sympathy prayer, you know, like, "Oh, I feel sorry for you, Amen." And uh, but her daughter came in one day and said, "Mum, I want to pray right here. What do you feel? It's your time. Do you feel God has called you now? This is your last moments, do you, or do you?" What do you want to do? And she says, I want to live. She made a, a proclamation, I want to live. My time is not yet. 
says, okay, we're going to fight. We're going to pray and we're going to believe. We're going to fight for this. And what she got her mum to do and, uh, is to get all biblical verses out of the, all Bible verses to do with healing. Plaster them on the hospital walls all the way around. And uh, she said, mum, read those scriptures every day. A thousand times a day, in fact. And she meant literally, just that's, that's all you can see. When you can see healing, when you can, when you can go to that place of healing and understanding, it will take place. She says, I, and she says, look, and I don't want anyone coming in this ward. I don't want anyone in this room that has no faith. If you're coming in here saying you poor dear, well, you can shove off. <laughs> and uh, so I don't want anyone coming in here. But you must have faith. You even said this to the nurse. I'm not having any nurses coming in here that are going to say any negative words. Anyway, that week she just looked at these words as she laid in the hospital bed, just praying, the, God, your word says, by your stripes we are healed. I'm already healed. I thank you for that healing. I proclaim that healing. And she started quoting these verses. She'd go around the room again, probably getting dizzy going around. <laughs> but she'd, she'd look around, she'd pray, and that's all that she was focusing on. That's all that she could see. That's all that she was going to believe. And I'm telling you, she went into remission. The doctors could not believe it. Her cancer disappeared and that's the prayer of faith when you believe. And we just got to understand what that belief means. Get into yourself to a position where you can say, I can't see anything else, but it's going to happen. When you doubt, go, oh, I might do, who knows, I'll wait and see what happens. That's, that's coming to God like, well, you, you might be able to do it, but I don't know if you are. It's, just like, it's almost like doubting God, and we can't doubt God. We've got to believe. So this morning, I want to take you to a scripture uh, in Matthew chapter 17 and verses 14 right through to 21. If you've got your Bibles with you. Matthew 17, 14 says this. And when they came to the crowd, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and grievously vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured, cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus apart, as in, in secret, and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, for your instruction, for your teaching God, I pray this morning that we will hear from you. I pray, oh God, you'll challenge each one of us. God, that we'll, we'll grow in, in your understanding, in the understanding of you. Father, I pray this morning that we will see prayer as in the way it's meant to be, all power and all changing through you. Father, I thank you this day, and I pray, oh God, you'll speak to us right now through this verse in Jesus' mighty name. So this account of this father and son is also found in Luke chapter 9, verse 37, and also Mark. But in the three, we see the story, <laughs> we see the story of a man and his son. Now, the son has a demon in him, and the son is 
often convulsed it and thrown himself in the fire and in the water. This demon was trying to kill his son, obviously, by doing these things. The father had, didn't know what to do. Probably obviously heard about the disciples and Jesus here and they were healing people and things, and they were. And he went up to the disciples and he said, you know, could you pray for my son? And of course, nothing happened once they prayed for the son. And the disciples already had been laying hands on people and seeing the sick raised. Uh, I've seen amazing things in previous chapters. But the thing was, here they come across this one instance where nothing changed. And that's, that's the problem we have sometimes. We can believe for certain things. We can lay hands on people, see them healed, and then suddenly nothing happens. You know, I've, I've often heard preachers say, you know, they can believe somebody's uh, got a small ailment and they're praying and see them receive, but then somebody comes forward in a wheelchair and they go, it, it can be one of those moments, that's too big. But, but the word here is that nothing's too big with God. Nothing's impossible by God. And Jesus just laid hands on him and the demon came out. Jesus speaks the words and the demon comes out. But for the um, disciples, Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief. Now, whether this was a bit out of the norm or they hadn't seen anything, I'm not too sure what was going on there, why that was so different from them seeing healing in other departments. Perhaps they've not encountered anything like this situation, this young boy throwing himself in the flames and, and, and in the water and um, got a bit like freaked out. This is too big for me. You know, it's too big for me. to. I can't believe for that. Because some people can believe for some things, but not others. You know, and, and you often see that in different cultures. They will believe God for this, but they can't believe God for that. You know, and uh, could have been one of those situations, I don't know. But then it goes on, after challenging with the unbelief, it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here is an extra thing, and, and it'd be interesting to know what your translations say, because some translations miss out the word fasting, and it's important that you have that word fast in there because some manuscripts only said this type does not come out but by prayer but it's prayer and fasting so so the disciples were very very kind of like worried because Jesus had given them authority to go out and lay hands on the sick and suddenly something's not working something's not happening so and perhaps there was a bit of pride in them they didn't just openly say to Jesus hey what's happening today Jesus it didn't work but they, it says that they went in private to him because obviously they're kind of a bit embarrassed and inquired. And that's what Jesus said. He says, because of your unbelief and because this type does not come out without prayer and fasting. See, faith needs to rise in us to a whole new level. Faith needs a life of prayer to grow. It's in our prayer time that faith starts to grow. You, look, I'm telling you, you can be, uh, you know, Mothers and family people would know that, you know, coming to church sometimes in the morning, your kids are running amok and yeah, they won't get dressed and chasing them here. I used to have a lot of fun with our kids. When Sharon was on the music team, she'd leave me to man three daughters and, uh, and uh, she'd put out all the clothes and stuff, but sometimes I'd mix them up, put on the wrong person, upside down, backwards, all that kind of stuff. I even, she, she said to me, look, uh, I think it was the youngest one then, Mariah, oh, look, her clothes is on the back of a chair. But there happened to be something else on the back of a chair. It was her pyjamas. So, <laughs> so I put pyjamas on her and uh, took her to church thinking, that's okay. And Sharon's singing here looking at me. And uh, the weird things we do. <laughs> 
But uh, where have I forgotten where I'm getting to with that now? <laughs> faith needs a life of prayer to grow. So you grow in, into your faith by spending time with God and understanding who He is, hearing His voice. It changes everything. Because, oh, that's where I was getting, so I just remembered. Uh, when you come to church in the morning, things are not always the best. But I'm telling you, once you've been in the presence of God in church, you feel a change. When you pray, when we worship, when we do all these things, something changes because the atmosphere changes, because there's power in our prayer, there's power in our worship, there is power, and the devil doesn't like that power. So no matter how your day starts, it's about how it finishes with Jesus. Faith is a a key in, in this area of we need to build up in prayer. Jesus says, and I looked this up one time because, you know, I've often heard this verse, you know, surely I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Have you ever seen a grain of mustard seed, how small it is? It makes you feel really small when you read that. (laughs) If you had faith, you go, well, what sort of faith have I got, you know? Uh, You could move mountains. So we need to encourage one another. We need to pray together. We need to believe together. We need to lift the level of our expectation because God is can do more than what we actually pray for. I remember years ago, one particular pastor said, you know, had a very successful church and that, and he was asked this question, if you could live your life over again, what would you have done differently? He said, I would have believed for more. I would have believed bigger because God is uh, limited by us. He's not limited, but we limit him because we think, oh, God could do that, but he can't, well, I don't know if he'd do that. When we start to understand God and His bigness and what He can, is able to do, we, our prayers will change. We'll pray for the impossible. We will pray and keep pushing through. And once again, prayer is not always a five minutes thing. Prayer, prayer answers the prayer can take time because God is maneuvering all things. It works all things for the good. So there's a whole lot of things that are going on where you just focus in on your little prayer and say, God, why haven't you answered this right now? Well, God's got to do some other things in the people around you in this whole it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. Uh, so God doesn't always bring answers straight away because He's going to show His glory in a bigger way. We got our understanding of what we think should happen, but God's got His understanding for His bigger ways. And so don't be disappointed if things don't happen today. You pray for something and it doesn't happen instantly, you keep praying because it's a prayer of faith. Faith doesn't have a time limit on it. Faith is believing, not doubting. Faith is like, I know in my knower it's going to happen. And I'm not going to let anyone else tell me anything different. If God has given you a word, if God has spoken to you, you stand and you continue to pray that through. Because the enemy will always come against you as he did in the garden. Did God really say that? Did God really promise that? Is God going to do this for you? And we start to doubt ourselves. And when we start to doubt ourselves, we doubt We lose confidence in our prayer. We lose confidence in who we're praying to. We lose confidence that it could actually happen. And this morning, we got to be an understanding of the ways of the enemy in that. He will try to discourage you. That's why we come together like this Wednesday. We pray together and the devil flees. The devil's not going to hang around in our prayer meeting, I'm telling you. But he doesn't want the prayer meeting to happen. So he'll have you on a Wednesday. I'm telling you, he'll make your day pretty busy, pretty hectic, wear you out a bit. Anything he can do to distract you. So you'll come home and go, oh my goodness, I'm exhausted. Oh, it's prayer on tonight. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. It's just too hard. Oh, perhaps next time. Oh, other people will be going anyway. So all the prayers will be answered. That's all good. 
No, it's not like that, people. We need your prayers. We need that power in the room. And when you do come along, things change. And like I said last week, nobody ever leaves a prayer meeting going, gee, that was a waste of time. Why did I bother? I could have been watching Days of Our Lives or something. Uh, you know, I don't know when that's on. But, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, there is power when we speak. There's power when we proclaim God's Word, when we come before Him. And as I said last week, you know, your situation, you can pull out a Word of God out of the Scripture and pray that. God's Word says, God's impressed when you start quoting the Scripture. You go, well, you know me well. Okay, that's good. And I will do as I say in my Word. And that's why it's important that we know the Word of God. So when we're praying, it's according to His will. It's praying according to His uh, purpose that He has planned for us. But if we don't know God's Word, your, your prayers are like, uh, can become wishy-washy. It's almost like wishful thinking. You know, some people pray like that. Oh God, if you can, that'd be really good. You know, crossing their fingers. That's not faith. That's, that's stupidity. <laughs> that's, just, that's just dumb. It doesn't work like that. But we need to understand that uh, when we pray and fast, and I'm going to give you seven things about fasting in a minute, but there's, there can be a, on this little boy, there was a demon stronghold on him. There was a stronghold. That's why he threw himself into the fire, into the flames, and it needed to be broken. That's why Jesus said this type, this type doesn't come out without prayer and fasting. There's something that prayer and fasting does combined is like, I call it like a supercharger on a car. <laughs> it boosts the prayer level. Because in Isaiah 58 verse 6, it says, is it not this the fast I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed ones go free, that you break every yoke. So fasting breaks the yoke, the power of the devil. Now, if you've ever been in meetings or seen encountered demons, uh, you know, I've, I've had it over the years a few times, they like to think they have all power. And that's why you need to have confidence if you ever deal with that and somebody manifests for you, you go, no, greater is he that's in me than you, buddy. And, and you can cast them out. And I've, you know, did that a lot in Myanmar and uh, a lot of other places. But uh, the deal is we have to pray and fast. We have to be totally focused. The more you're focused on the God, more there is in the sense of uh, his presence on you and your ability to achieve things because you're now totally focused on him. When you're not focused on him, it's like, oh, yeah, um, you sort of doubt yourself. You stutter. You, you lack that confidence to go in there. You know, uh, when we were in Myanmar, we had a few people squiggling around on the floor, uh, demon-possessed. And, uh, and I've said this story before, but it gives a good illustration. You know, I'd seen it before, and I'm, I'm just praying, this, casting this demon out. And young Shannon, as a 16-year-old, is there watching and he goes, yeah, I can do this. I've got this. And he's straight over there doing that as well. And the rest of the team as well, Leanne and Amy. It, because when you believe and you see, you, 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 know, you can just launch out there. And because he just needed to see how you do this thing, because uh, it was a whole new experience for him. And, but he had the face to believe, okay, this is happening. I'm going for it. And, and it was just great to see people being set free all over the place. And uh, awesome. So, okay, so seven things that we see in the Scripture uh, which um, 
deal with prayer and fasting. Fasting itself causes you to humble yourself before God. When we fast, we humble ourselves. Like it says in Psalm 35, verse 13, the start of the verse says, uh, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. We humble ourselves before God. We're reliant on Him, not on our own selves. We come before the throne room of God and say, God, I need you. I mean, who would go without food and all these things if you didn't believe? So it's a statement of faith when you come out and say, God, I need you. I'm going to fast. I'm going to believe. And you've got to be kind of, how do I say, militant in the sense of bad. I'm going to do this. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I'm already preparing myself for the fast because I find if, if I suddenly just on the Sunday go, oh, we're starting the fast tomorrow and I ain't even thought about it or prepared, I go, oh, gee, it's so hard because my focus is still on the natural self, you know, my stomach starts rumbling, speaking to me, feed me, feed me. And, uh, and, but when you're focused, you go, no. It's like uh, Paul says, I beat my body into submission. It's like my body says, feed me. I say, be quiet, stomach. I'm taking control. And, and we move to a different position. But we need to humble ourselves firstly. Number two, we see in Judges, uh, we need to fast when we're in distress or in grief. Judges 20 verse 26 says, um, then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now, in this particular passage, uh, there was the sons of Israel going against the sons of Benjamin. They go out to war with them, and the first occasion, they were slaughtered, like, was it? 22,000 men, sons of Israel, fell to the sons of Benjamin. So they're not kind of like very confident. We just got beaten there. They run back home, basically. Then they inquire again and they go, okay, we're going, we're going out again. We're going out again. The second time, they lost 18,000 men. Now, by that time, you go, it's just kind of over. And of course, the enemy, Benjamin, is like going, we've got these guys easy. We've taken them twice. We could take them again. But there's something different in the third attempt because it says um, they went and fasted in the evening. They went before the Lord and inquired of him. This time they included God in the whole uh, thing. And in the, th in the third time in Judges 20 verse 35, we see after they prayed and fasted and inquired of God to go out, there was a different deal. Now, Benjamin, the tribe thought, no, it's the same deal. We've done it twice before. We're going to do it a third time. But something was different. There was a God factor in this. When we pray, a God factor comes in. When we pray and fast, the power of God moves. And in the third time, it says in Judges chapter 20, verse 35, And Jehovah struck Benjamin before Israel, and the sons of Israel destroyed in Benjamin's 25,000 and 100 men that day. And all, these drew, all those that drew the sword... So we see a complete flip after they prayed and fasted as power. In their grief, in their time of grief, they inquired of God, they prayed and fasted, and they became the conquerors, they became the victors. We see um, in 1 Samuel 7, 6, when we fast, it's a time of repentance, turning back to God because we all have fallen short of the glory of God and we still fall, even though God, Jesus paid the price for us, each day we, can, we still need to go to God and say, Thank you, you paid the price for us, but I am confessing my sin. 1 Samuel chapter uh, 7, verse 6 says, When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. 
On that day they fasted and they were, sorry, and they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. What they had been doing was worshipping other gods. And you may be going, well, I don't worship any other gods. Quite often gods can be all sorts of things. If you, you know, for some it's money. They worship money. They worship all those sort of things. These people were caught worshipping other gods. And they realised it and they came to the senses and said, on that day we fasted and we confessed. We had sinned against the Lord. And that's what we need to do in our fasting time. We need to repent for God, saying, God, if there's anything, and I say this all the time, anything, because some things we may do we don't even think of or are aware of. We just, just don't really, really know. We need to ask God, God, if there's anything that I need to repent of right now, I pray, God, you'll forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of sinning against you. Number four, uh, you fast with spiritual strength and dedicating yourself to God. It's like you're taking this time. It's not like I'm just missing meals and everything else the same. No, what about in missing those meal times that you spend time with God instead? Like that 20 minutes, depends how fast either you are, or half an hour, an hour, whatever you get for lunch break, spend it with God. God will do something in that time, I'm telling you. I used to spend my lunch breaks reading my Bible and, uh, and I was watching on and and through that time, I was able to open up and speak to him because he was wondering what I was doing and God was doing some power behind the scenes there. So all things can happen. Even with Jesus, we see in Matthew 4.1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was all, all, sorry, afterwards hungry. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. How would you like if we did that? <laughs> it's gone quiet all of a sudden. Oh, you're happy with seven days? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but fast, there's many fasts, by the way. It's not all 40 days, 40 days, 10 days, 7 days, 3 days a day. There's, there's several examples within Scripture, but we want to go for a seven-day fast this time. But uh, that fasting time for Jesus gave him strength to overcome temptation because the devil came knocking on a door. If you bow down to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. If, 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 you know, this is what the devil does is all this if, 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 and you say, no, 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 no. <laughs> and we need to be wise to that. But we're wise that when we understand and we spend time with God in fasting, we understand God in a greater way. Number five, guidance from the Holy Spirit in making decisions. We find in Acts where they're trying to make decisions, it says in verse 13, verse 2, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they let them go. So sometimes there's, you just need guidance. Father, I'm just praying right now and fasting for guidance. I, I need some guidance and maybe in a career, maybe in a move or something, it may be a call that God's put upon, upon your heart and you're seeking the, the decisions that you need to make. Daniel fasted for understanding. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, he says, I ate no food for delight, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, until three whole weeks. And verse 12 says, And he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Daniel fasted for understanding. He had a lot of different visions and things. But the thing is, God sees it. God heard it from day one. 
but there was a spiritual battle in the, in the heavenlies that took the 21-day time for him to get the answer. So sometimes you won't get the answer immediately. You keep praying, keep fasting, keep believing because there's a spiritual battle going on. I'm telling you, if you want to see the reality of it, we did this one time on a Wednesday, we may do it again sometime. I decided to take the prayer group on the Wednesday prayer meeting onto the road. As we got all the cars, does anyone remember that? Is anyone those cars? Yeah. And I specifically targeted around our area of Salisbury, around the church, and there's particular points. I said, I want you to stop there and pray over this area against the power of the enemy and all that. Well, I knew that was going to stir things up. And sure enough, that following Sunday, we had uh, an interesting character come in here and cause a lot of uh, drama. And uh, okay, it happens every time. So if you, when you pray and fast, the enemy doesn't like it. So he's going to throw everything at you. So just get ready for that too. But don't be scared because greater is he, Jesus, in you than he is in the world. You have all power and authority over, over the enemy. So just remember that. And lastly, uh, why do we pray and fast? Jesus expects us to. As I said earlier, he doesn't say if, he says when. And, you know, some people give me a lot of different uh, things. And, and if you've never fasted before, start easy. I will give you some uh, tips on that later. I've got some paperwork I'm going to print up next week. And um, because some people can go all going, oh, I've heard people never fast before. Right, that's it. I've seen Jesus do it 40 days. I'm going out 40. They're on the, about 40 hours later and they're like, oh, it's all over. <laughs> and... Uh, be led also by God in that time, you know, uh, like I said, there's different sort of fasts. I don't expect you to, if you've got medical condition where you need to maintain your sugar levels or whatever it is, then make sure you abide by those things. So it's not about being gung like winning the competition. It's not a competition who can go the longest uh, or without food, because I know some of you are competitive and uh, you kind of like to go that way, but it's about, no, this is about me and God and get, getting closer to Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concern you. Fasting for biblical purposes should draw us closer to God. And I'm, I'm telling you it will. And uh, this is where we shake things up. This is where you know, we get the attention of God. He's going to see, see how we take this, how serious we take this. I take it very seriously and... Uh, I'll, I'll get into that, our whole family does. And, you know, if you want to do your own study, that'd be great because I say to people, read all the scriptures. These days, it's so easy to find scripture verses. You can, you know, just type in a search engine and put scriptures on prayer and fasting and they all come up. Study them. See what God speaks to you about those things. Because in every case I've seen in prayer and fasting, it is always to do with no food. Because I've heard people going like, oh, I can't do it without food. I'll do something else. I won't uh, look at my phone for a day or something. And I go, that's not what it's about. It's about the physical sense. Like God is your food. It's like we need substance, but he is our substance. We're going to take that time out. It has nothing to do with electronic gear. I mean, if you're, that's a good thing, of course, not to spend time on your devices in your fast time, but spend it with God instead. It will enlighten you. It will actually empower you more. So I certainly say that, but that's not what a fast means. It means to humble yourself, to uh, go without substance, food. As Daniel said, he had no choice, meats, no choice, food of that time. It's not just like, oh, I'm, I'm 
you know, I've heard some pretty <laughs> weak excuses uh, sometimes. And it's okay to add things on, but I wouldn't say that's your main thing. Your main thing is there has to be something that of cost that you are shown. I, I mean it. I know I'm, I need food and, and stuff to eat, but, you know, God is more important to me and I'm, I'm, I'm going to humble myself and I'm not, I'm not going to have food today or I'm, or I'm going to have only one meal today instead of three or whatever, some four or five, I don't know what you have, but, um, <laughs> uh, snacks in between. But uh, it, it's, it's one of those things. You've got to be real before God. God is asking you to come before Him as His children. Humble yourself. Spend time with Him. He's so eager to spend time with you. And we're just so busy. Oh, yeah, God, I'll get to you. I've got this to do today. I've got that to do. I'll do it after I've done this. And of course, it never happens. It never happens because we end up getting so tired, we fall asleep and go, oh, and then we feel a disaster. Then, then what happens is sometimes guilt steps in because you promised all this stuff and you haven't done it. And then we got guilt. Guilt causes us to back off from God because we feel ashamed. We feel like, God oh, can't do that. But the, God's not like that. God says, hey, come back. Repent. Turn from your ways. Come back to me. And I want to say this morning that God is calling this church back to Him. Like I said, this time has been a crazy time, but it's God is using it to bring the people back to Him in a right relationship. A right relationship with Him. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank You this day. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your truth. And God, as we apply your truth to our lives, we are better for it. And I pray this morning, God, that um, there are things that are not right in our life. I pray in the seven-day fast, it'll be exposed, that we can come before you with a repentant and humble heart. God, our heart desires to be right, right with you this morning. That's where the relationship starts, being right with you. And I want to ask this morning if there is anybody here that's not right with God, you've never made a decision for Jesus, and why every head is bowed and eye closed. You're saying this morning, oh, I need Jesus. I need to start my life with Him. I need to walk again with Him, perhaps. You once walked with Him and uh, you've fallen astray. This morning is the time, as Sharon said earlier, now is the day, now is the time to make a decision Christ. If that's you in this place today, with everyone heads bowed, eyes closed, just raise your hand so I know I'm praying for somebody. If, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, have that right relationship with Him, knowing that He's there always for you and with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other thing I want to pray for this morning is your prayer ministry. We all have our own personal prayer ministry. God didn't make it so just the prayer ministry is just for the pastor or the leaders. It causes us all to pray. And I'm telling you, if you will step up to that ministry call to pray and believe, you will see your life transformed. You'll see things change. Things will start to move. Because when God is in it, something will happen. Something will happen. And this morning, if, if that's you, you've been struggling in your prayer life or you've neglected, 
That's okay, we can change that. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And this morning, if that's you, I just want to pray for you. If you just like to say, God, I just need that. I need that extra push, that motivation to pray each day. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'll just say, because I know I want to pray for people. Yep, see those hands. Heavenly Father, we thank You this day. We thank You, God, for the people who raise their hands, that, God, they are eager to uh, spend time with You, to have that motivation to rise or late night, whatever it may be, to spend that moment of time each day with You. Father, I pray today Your encouragement upon them. I pray You'll give them boldness, God, that, God, there'll be a new fire rise up in them, that they can't wait to spend time with You because in that time with You, their spirit rises to a whole new level. Father, I pray this day that You empower each one. I pray, oh God, the presence of God will come upon them in a whole new way. God, I pray You'll bless them. And I pray you bless this congregation today. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen.